0: So, yeah, um, good to see you all. Good to be back uh, face to face. Um, I also am a rapper, for those that don't know. And so I split my time between rapping for kids and um, sitting with the elderly uh, at end of life as a hospice chaplain. So they started calling me the rapping chaplain. And I thought it was really corny and I hated it. But some things you just can't fight. So... (laughs) That's what I am, I guess. I'm the rap and chaplain, and I love to share my life through rhyme, and so I was just in Kansas City for the very first shows since the pandemic, me in a room with 500 kids, and we're all just like, is this really happening right now? We've all been in our own rooms for like two years, so. and this is my first time back at the pulpit since, I don't know, 2020 as well, so this is really exciting for me. I'm really nervous. My heart's beating really fast. No matter how many times you get in front of an audience, it's always like, whoa, what's going to happen? So I'm going to give a life update through a song that I just wrote, so I'm debuting it here. Your job is when I say, I keep coming back, you say, for the love. I keep coming back. I keep coming back. Yeah. All right, you can start it from the top, pull it back, turn it up so I can hear it. There it is, good morning Bruce City, yeah, uh, check. Let me pick it up where I left off, a few bucket list items got checked off, had to quit what I thought was a dream job, a few panic attacks later, guess not, journeyed through the depths of my worst fears, faced off with death for a few years. Grief ground me down to the gristle Till I was found in the sound of a whisper Emptiness is how I filled back up Deconstruction how I built back up Yeah, now I long for longevity uh, Even in the face of life's brevity Yeah, trying to graduate my energy From all of this devilry to something more heavenly What a contradiction. Trying to live clean while nursing these addictions. Sick with lust but still I trust that I can walk humbly, show mercy, be just, and honor all of my covenants even when I feel like I don't want none of it. Even when I feel like I don't want none of it. I'ma keep coming back for the love of it. The kingdom inside me still bubbling. So I keep coming back for the love, say it with me. I keep coming back. Say what? I keep coming back. Once again, I keep coming back For the love, for the love Yo, check Mm. The temptations of middle age Feel the walls closing in like I'm in a cage Wanna channel all this inner rage Like I wanna while for the night, but gotta get home for dinner, wait I won't go rolling stone on my lady, no I ain't trying to be alone in my 80s, no I'm trying to be at home with the grandbabies Carving up the turkey, pouring out the gravy Whoa! A little stuffing in the middle uh. In the morning pancakes on the griddle transformed like sap from the maple Purified to syrup, February to April In the autumn of my life, I still wanna spring From the bottom of my heart, I still wanna sing So let it ring out through my voice Through my word, through my work, through a choice like this Despite the pain and the suffering I'ma keep coming back for the love of it the kingdom inside me still bubbling and so I keep coming back for the love. Say it with me. I keep coming back Say word. I keep coming back Once again, I keep coming back Yeah, for the love for the love for the love for the love All right, you can fade that. Thank you DJ in the back All right So yeah, what does it mean to keep coming back for the love? The kingdom of heaven is what I'm going to be talking about today. Specifically, Jesus' words, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's near. It's here. And so I want to talk about attachment love. Thank you. So studies have been done. Neuroscience is a big thing right now, the study of the human brain. And they're realizing some things. The only only true change in behavior can come from attachment love. You have to be attached in healthy and loving ways with people in order for true behavior change, true character to be formed. And addiction comes from the lack of attachment. When you don't have a healthy, loving attachment, you're trying to attach to whatever's going to give you that connection, that high. And so we're all there. We're all in the spectrum between addiction and attachment, and we're trying to find our way. And Jesus comes along and says, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You can leave your addictions behind, and you can find the true attachment that you were made for. And so I want to take a moment... um, to remember our origin. We can't know where we're going until we know where we're from. And it was sung about this morning. You were formed in the womb. God oversaw this beautiful process whereby you were brought to being. And when you were brought to being and brought to birth, what's the first thing that happened besides maybe a scream at what am I doing out of this warm womb into this cold world. But the first act was not your will. It was your being what? Held. And so I want to start there, because we can't know where we're going until we know that we are held. I grew up thinking it was my job. I have to behold God's presence. I have to declare His Word. I have to act in a certain way. And that was exhausting. Some of us, we can run on those fumes for a long time out of our own will. But that's not where we begin. We begin in attachment love. We begin by being held. And it wasn't until a few years ago, crisis of life crisis of faith, whatever you want to call it, when I realized, man, I've been trying to conjure up the kingdom out of my own energy. I haven't been tapped into the source of all creation. I've tried, but that was part of the problem. I was trying too hard. I was forgetting the fact that before I behold, I have to be held. Before I declare, I have to be come. Spoon, one of my favorite bands, just released a new record. Anybody know Spoon? All right. I like their their new album. It's awesome. But it starts off with a cover song, and it goes, the chorus is, for the first time in my life, I'm letting myself be held like a big old baby. And I want to take a moment to just recollect with you that that's our origin together. Before we try to go anywhere, let's take a minute. Let's take a minute to be naked before God, little babies. We were called children of God, right? In the, in the song. I don't know what you picture when you picture I'm a child of God, but for me, it helps to go back to being a baby, and being cradled and held. All right. So what we're going to do is we're just going to take a minute. Close our eyes if you're comfortable with that. You don't have to, of course. Uh, you can let your limbs go heavy for a moment. My friend Emily taught me that. She used to go here. She's a physical therapist. She said, let your limbs go heavy. And then find your breath. It might be shallow right now because you're dealing with a lot of anxiety. It might be a mid-level breath because you're just trying to settle in. But slowly but surely, allow yourself to breathe deep. and feel the weight of your person in the chair that's holding you right now. Feel this mystery of gravity that's both centering you down and holding you up at the very same time. And another friend of mine, Mark, who's taught here before, he taught me this. Let your breath be a reminder that God wants you here, that now is a very good place for you to just be. remember, child of God, that your first, your origin, the first act that was acted upon you was to be held. And if you feel a gap in that experience, remember the Scripture that says even if our natural family rejects us, The Lord will take us up. You were held by Father, Spirit, and Son, the Trinity that was just sung about, even before you were held by human hands. So, Lord, we welcome you today. We thank you for holding us, for restoring us, for reminding us that it's from attachment love that we grow. Amen. All right. Now, I think we have a slide thing, but I forgot to check about that with uh, someone. If we don't, that's all right. Um, So, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What is repentance? What's the first thing you think of? The way we've been taught repentance is it's like a 180 degree turn. I'm going this way. Oops, I did something wrong. I better go this way. Oops, I did something wrong again. I better go this way. Oh, crap. I did it again. I got to go this way. And so a lot of times repentance has been thought of as this zigzag, this very uncomfortable journey um, that doesn't really go anywhere. (laughs) It goes in circles. And repentance is much more than a turning It's an utter transformation of our consciousness, of our sense of who we are and how we are to grow. And that is a big shift. When it's less about your behavior, am I being moral enough? Did I do it the right way? What does that person think of me? If we settle down like we just did, if we take time to be held in God's presence, What happens? Slowly but surely, we detach from our addictions and we remember how attached we are to God. This book I've been reading, Renovated, which is about the the life of Dallas Willard and neuroscience, recommends that we take the word attachment in the place of love when it appears in the Scriptures. Because love can be pretty abstract. But attachment isn't. We know what it means to be attached in a healthy way, in a loving relationship. We have a sense of it even when we don't experience it. We know we long for it. And when Jesus said, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand... He was saying, remember where you come from. Remember who you really are. You are a held one. You have nothing to fear because I've got you. And so repentance, far from this jagged journey, into our own self-condemnation. It's a blooming of our consciousness into attachment love. And so I tried to do that with the Psalms. I was looking through putting attachment in the place of love, and I started noticing all the places where the psalmist is like, I cling to your commands. I'm attached at the hip to your love. I long for your longings. I want what you want. Better is one day attached to you than a thousand attached to anyone else, to anything else. The psalmist longs for attachment, and attachment love is what frees the psalmist to say, oh, I don't have to go the way I was going. I can turn, but not like that 180, More just like an opening up and a seeing there's a different way to go about my life. Does that make a little bit of sense? Attachment love is what sets us free. And that's what Jesus came to announce. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near and at hand. So there are three movements in the Christian life. And this phrase of Jesus' reveals it to us. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is here. So the mystics call this the, the threefold path, right? It's purgation. It's that wrestling match between what should I be attached to. I have to purge myself of any attachments that lead to addiction. And I have to find the attachments that lead to flourishing, to deep roots, to good growth. And then second, the path of illumination. I need to learn how to be with God on a consistent basis, held by his love, attached at the hip, growing in grace, and then finally, out of that union of me and God and me and community, then... I get to go and do some cool stuff. So the way I've reframed this, this phrase, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, is with three words. Repent, relax, and take risks. Repent, relax, and take risks. And so that's my reframing of that threefold path. And where does it begin? It begins again with our origin, knowing that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You have natural longings and desires for security and survival, food, clothing, shelter, basic necessities. You have deep longings for affection and esteem, for others to see who you really are and be able to share your true self. And then finally, you have a deep longing for some kind of control or power, some way to use your agency. And those are the threefold desires that we carry as human beings, and they're good. These are good desires. But as we know, they get warped pretty quickly. In our broken world, our longing for security and survival takes the form of hoarding, stinginess, our longing for affection and esteem turns into manipulation. Our longing for power supersedes other things. And we become stingy, which is a way to separate from our origin because our origin is in generosity. It's in God's self-giving love. And so we have to work through, All right. How do I let these desires that I carry so deeply be transformed? That's what repentance is. A new way of being, a new way of thinking, a new way of doing. But it doesn't start with our will. It doesn't start with, ooh, I can make this happen. I can make this work. It starts with tapping into our origin. How do we do it? How do we repent? Well, one of my favorite teachers, Thomas Keating, he says that in order for us to repent, we have to forsake our programs for happiness. We have to leave behind our programs for happiness because we've all got them. We know what will make us superficially happy or happy for a little bit, and we'll take control of those things. We'll lock it down. But the deeper we go into attachment with God, the more freedom we feel to detach from our manipulations, detach from our desires, detach from our thoughts and feelings that control us sometimes, and let them pass. Watch them pass. Observe them. Don't judge them. Just let them go. And then you discover as you let go that you're already grounded in God. You're already nurtured and nourished by your creator who formed you in the womb and loves you so much. And so to get rooted down, we need to do what Jesus did. This is the way of Jesus talk, right? We're part of this series. What did Jesus do a lot of that you... You have to go to read between the lines sometimes to see how much he did it, but Mark talks about it a lot. Jesus went away to quiet and lonely places to be with his Father. Jesus went away, sometimes before the sun was even up, some days in the middle of a busy day. (laughs) Where's Jesus? Oh, he dipped out again. I don't know where he's at. My guess is he's in a lonely, quiet place praying to Abba. And we have to find ways in our own lives to dip out, to peace out for a few. We have to find ways to go quiet and remember how attached we are to the most powerful force in the universe, the love of the Trinity. We have to go somewhere to be held, And that takes a lot in our day and age, because we're so used to being in control, going about our routines, and forgetting about the deeper rhythms of the Christian walk, which starts with Jesus. They were always wondering, what is Jesus up to? Where did he go? Why is he talking to that Samaritan woman? And so, we in our own way have to detach from our routines and rhythms and ruts and add a new rhythm, the rhythm of being held. So, where do you go to get that quiet? Do you have a favorite spot, an armchair that you're able to sink into? Be like, oh yeah, I'm held, I'm loved. I get to live my life from love, not for love. That's the big shift, right? Because our attachments that lead to addiction are we're trying to find love and we're working our butts off for it. We're going hard and we're forgetting, wait a second. If I let go, what if I already am loved? What if I already am beautiful? I mean, the designer of all beauty is the one who made you. So you are beautiful. You are held. And that's the big shift in the kingdom. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Stop working for love and start living from love. Stop working for vacation or rest and start working from rest. So where do you go to get that quiet, to be held, to remember that you are attached at the hip to the triune God? That's one of the practices I'll encourage you to consider now that we're sort of entering back into semi-post-pandemic ways of life. Some of us, the pandemic was such a blessing because we were able to find some of those restful rhythms. For some of us, it stressed us out to no end because we didn't have the rhythm that we did have that allowed us to do that. So wherever you're at, my question for the new year, which I feel like March kind of kicked off the new year, is what invitation is there for you in your life to dip out? To go, like Jesus, to quiet and lonely places, to be with God so that you can work from rest. You can live from love. Of course, it's not just as simple as you going away for a day. It's a pattern and a process. And Jesus allowed himself in the midst of, the heat of ministry, the heat of blooming celebrity to say, "Uh uh-uh, you're not going to find me for a little while. In fact, Jesus' ministry started with retreat. When he was baptized as the beloved, which, by the way, is already who he was, this is my beloved son in whom I have a lot of pleasure That's the same voice speaking to you. You are the beloved in whom there's a lot of pleasure. The Trinity is very pleased with your being. From that place of being the beloved, Jesus went into the wilderness where he was tempted by the devil on three levels, the ones I just mentioned. Security and survival. Turn those stones to bread. I know you're hungry. It's been a while since you've eaten. Or check it out. Look at all the kingdoms of the earth. I'm giving those to you. Or hey, check it out. Jump from the temple and become that celebrity. Because you're going to survive it. In fact, you're gonna, the angels will hold you up. Affection and esteem will be yours. The kingdoms of the world will be, will be yours. You'll have the power. You'll have the esteem. And you'll have the security of being able to turn whatever you want into food. So Jesus faced off with these temptations that we all deal with. That's how he kicked off his ministry. And he answered each time with like a meditative phrase, man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes forth from the mouth of the Father. And what is that word from the Father? You are the beloved. You are held I am for you and not against you. I've got your back no matter what happens. It's from that that Jesus was able to step into his ministry and work from rest, live from love and not for it. So repent and relax. How's that sound? As we detach from the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, which is what the Scripture calls the things I just said, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, y'all know that one? Yeah, that's what it is. The way we approach that hierarchy of needs turns into lust for us humans. Because we go hard at each one, and we don't let God remind us, I've got you. I'm going to provide you will have what you need. I've got you. And that frees us up to be generous and not stingy. So, as we detach from lust and from an overzealous desire to control our lives, we attach to God. It just happens. It's not like you have to do a lot of work. It's like taking a, getting a leech off of you and Take the leech off and toss it aside, you're already being regenerated. That's how your body works. And if you cast off that, you detach that false attachment, then you're already being healed. You're already being attached. You don't got to work for it. And that's the message of grace is you're already being poured into and seeped into by everything that's happening by the the food that you've had already today, the coffee that helped you wake up, the sunlight streaming through the windows. So practices of attachment. This is one here, gathering with others in community and connecting. What are the ways to practice attachment for you? Consider that. As we detach from our separation games, which is what lust is, when we're going after something too hard, working for love, working for vacation, then we grow tired. We grow exhausted because we're not meant for that. We play separation games when we're already in union with God. That's what sin is. These are just separation games. And at any time, you can be like, you know what? I'm going to change games. I'm going to be a game changer. I'm switching. I don't want to play separation games anymore. I want to play. In the union of Father, Spirit, Son, in the union of the body of Christ, I want to play as a son, as a daughter, And so that's what I call kingdom consciousness, when we grow tired of our separation games and we take the time like Jesus to go and be attached, to remember our origin. And in that, there's a deep rest. Repent, relax. If you're not working for love or for rest, but from it, you can take a real deep breath. It's not on your shoulders. What did Jesus say his, his kingdom was like? A heavy, a heavy burden that you got to carry all the time? No, a light yoke that you get to walk in. So relax because you're in the dominion of God, the dome of the king. That's what kingdom means. His creation, his origin story for you the kingdom of heaven. So, what does that look like for you this year? To rest, to be held, to have practices of attachment where you dip out for a little bit. The more you do this, the more you find yourself filled up by the reservoir of God's grace. And the more you have access to this spiritual energy that's going to help you navigate your reactions to life. So between your reaction to what's happening and your response, there begins to be a reservoir of rest, a reservoir of trust Because if God's got me, if God is for me and not against me, I've got this. He's got this. We've got this. And this reservoir between our reactions to life, when something sets off our addictions, we can take a deep breath, go to that quiet place, and wonder God, what do you have for me before I respond? before I react to this temptation, what reservoir of rest can I draw from so that I can respond? Oh, dang, it's up. Sweet. The more time we spend in these practices of attachment, we're just adding to this well that God's already put there. What did Jesus say to the Samaritan woman? You got to go all the way to Jerusalem if you really want to worship the true God and be filled with his love and his life. You got to travel. You got to work for it, lady. No. He said it's already here. And it's going to be like a well springing up from within you to eternal life. You can draw from this anytime. When your fifth husband is fronting on you, you can draw from this well. So, this reservoir that we carry is a gift from god it's called grace repent for the kingdom of heaven is already here it's a well within you that helps you navigate between your reactions which make you want to attach to your addictions and your response which is no i'm a child of god i'm held and i'm going to go about it this way in a way that's going to bring life not just to me but to others as well All right, do we have more slides? This is pretty fun. Hey, all right, (laughs) here's another one. Um, So if we learn how to repent, which is be transformed by the renewing of your inner being, and you relax, you get into rhythms of rest and Sabbath, which, by the way, is your destiny. You are Sabbath children. That's why Jesus did so much disruption on the Sabbath, because he didn't want us just to do it in a day. He wanted us to have it as a rhythm of life, a way of being. Jesus worked on the Sabbath because he was working from rest, from an overflow of blessing. And he dipped out every day to be with his disciples. Hey, guys, come over here. Let's go be quiet for a while. Let's go to a quiet place and chill ask some honest questions, get to know each other. So Jesus' rhythms were going away by himself and going away with his friends, getting time with community, getting time with Abba. And so, if we believe that we are held in God, that our origin is love, and that we can go work from love and not for it, from rest, and not just to get that vacation time, then we find some margin in our souls. Some margin to explore. To explore the Christian tradition, to explore spiritual practices, to explore all kinds of stuff. We feel the freedom to take risks. Repent, relax, and take risks. Because when we know that we're held and God is for us and not against us, then what can anybody do? That's what the Scripture says. If God's for you, who who can be against you? Why not give it a go? Try out that new job try out that new skill, even if you suck at it initially. I have a poet friend who was like, what if Jesus sucked as a carpenter? (laughs) And this idea of like, we all start somewhere. (laughs) We all make mistakes. We all got to get good at something. We can't neglect the humanity of God in this and know that Jesus modeled a way to be fully human So, if we feel the margin to take some risks to explore, then what risks might be awaiting you? Because this is where God's pleasure in you multiplies. You are the beloved of God in whom He is well pleased, but do you want to multiply that pleasure? You want to see how you can experience what God experiences for you? You want to see it flow up to eternal life? than have faith. And my synonym for faith today is take risks. Because it's in taking risks that we try out this rest, we try out this attachment love. We see how it really works and manifests. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Try your hand at heaven. Sometimes I like to flip phrases, right? So repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Hand at heaven. Try your hand at heaven. This is also what Jesus was about. Let's try it out. How about you two go over there and talk to those people, see what happens. How about you two go over there? How about you take time to chill? How about you go out to that other place that you're afraid of because they're Samaritans and you're kind of racist. How about you go over there and get to know some other people who are very different from you? So when we know that we're the Sabbath children of a God who holds us, then we're not afraid to get to know, to take risks in relationship get to know people who are radically different from us. That's where some transformation can occur. So as you consider what risks are waiting for you this year, what relationships might you try out? One of my favorite ways that this has been happening is through a friend of mine who runs the River West Food Pantry. And the way he described it recently is God put us, put in us an appetite for the poor. An appetite to get to know those who are in need. And we ignore that appetite all the time because we've got our own appetites that again, go back to those basic needs, which are okay. But once we know that we're born of generosity, then we long to get to know those who need, who are in need. And we don't go there, as Vin says, we don't go there to give to them. We go there, paradoxically, to receive. And the way the River West Food Pantry does it is you can't serve there until you've been served. Oh, can I write you this check real quick? No. Not till you come in and sit down with our people, have a meal with them, Then you can donate. That's a little taste of this risk in the kingdom of heaven. Yeah, you could write me a check. Yeah, it'd be nice to have more money. But no, I don't want your money until you know what we're about. Until you've taken the risk to get to know someone who might have a treasure for you, even though they might have no money in the bank account. They might know something about life that you need. So the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Where is it at hand? You have to try it out. For me, most of what I've done in life, I did not see coming. I had to take risks to go there. Never did I think I would do hip-hop for kids. I thought that was beneath me. I was the dopest MC. I didn't need to be in a kindergarten classroom with my skills, but it was there that I was transformed and I met myself and realized, ooh, I've got a lot lot to work on. Instead of hungering for the spotlight, I should be hungering for connection and blessing with those who would truly benefit from the music. Kids who have autism, the neurodiverse community. And when I find myself in those spaces where I can't film it, I'm not gonna get any status from it, it's just pure joy in the room, dancing and singing for my friends in that community, then I experience the kingdom of heaven. One of the ways I'm trying my hand at heaven right now is hospice work, never did I think I promise, I never did I think I would be in the room with someone who was dying and with their families and have anything to offer or have anything to deeply learn. But here I am trying my hand at heaven, putting a hand on a shoulder and saying a blessing, inadequate as it may be, and experiencing true life, blooming up from those places of grief and difficulty I like to think about doing like pop-up church everywhere I go. Pop-up church in that room, pop-up church over here, wherever you go, you're like a pop-up church. And that's what God wants for us is to feel sustained and held enough to try our hand at heaven and see what happens. Let's pray together. Lord, we are so grateful to be held by you. Thank you for reminding us of our origin as the beloved, formed by you, loved by you, saturated by your grace. We ask that you would restore unto us the joy of your salvation, the reservoir of your affection for us, that we might draw deep from that well to rest in your love and take risks in your kingdom and try our hands at heaven. Inspire us, Holy Spirit, with practices of attachment, times to go away with you just to be with you, times to be with friends and make connections, times to go out and risk, risk the awkwardness of a new relationship, risk the, 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 the scariness of switching jobs, risk the whatever it is that we're being invited into. We invite you, Lord, to take our hand again and be a reminder that you are gentle and humble in heart and you've got our best in mind. So we thank you for this beautiful day. We thank you for this time to be together. And as we move into worship, would you awaken in us this threefold reality of your love? that we get to be changed, we get to relax into all that you have for us, and then we get to go and try it out. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.